Welcome to another interview here on the Splitting Up Rights podcast. Uh, today we have a, another college football interview. Uh, before we get to that, we're going to hear a quick ad from our sponsor, Anchor.fm. All right, Drew, let's do this. I'm pumped. Let's, let's meet this guy. We're going back to the Great American Conference today, Henderson State, a conference I know very well because it's in my own backyard. I have a bunch of friends playing for those schools who have graduated, et cetera. Um, but this is your guy. He's from Capel. Drew, tell the people, who are we talking to today? Yeah, today we're bringing on a friend of mine. His name is Daniel Story. Um, he, w- he went to Henderson State, played linebacker there for, for three years. He was redshirt for one of those years, though. Uh, we relive some funny Coppell stories, as well as talking about Henderson State and what it's really like there, as well as figuring out that he's a scooter god, um, and that and it was awesome. So, Sandy, let's hit this play button and get this thing rolling. Yeah, okay, I wake up with the taste of pussy still in my mouth. Bitch in my bed, homegirl still asleep on the couch. My head is banging like Metallica. Swallow a bottle of Avalon, then head back to the bedroom where she sucked me dry like Dracula. It's the young miraculous. Mr. Love to grab his nuts. Never let a bitch inside. Fuck her in the Acura. Aurora Borealis with the shine, my aura gorgeous. Dinner with 40 courses. Bunch of horny whores and fornicate to formulate a fortune. More in the race of horses, I am. My homies got my back, they all Verizon. <laughs> I bring this to you, la 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 live, man. You gonna need at least five hands to hold my. All right, Drew, this is exciting. We get to start off the show today doing something new. So, you know, I'm coming at you with a weightlifting question for Daniel's story, mm-hmm. but it's a little different this time. We're not going uh, max weight, we're going okay. max reps, we're going combine. All right. Combine numbers. So, Daniel, first of all, real quick, let me start by asking you this before we get to the question itself. Were you an inside backer or outside backer? Um, in college, I was an inside backer. You give up this vibe of being an inside backer. I just had that feeling. And that was going to influence my neck or something. It might be, but I hear you're a pretty strong guy. And I feel like inside backers have to have a different mentality than outside backers. Mm -hmm. We like to mess with the big boys. Absolutely. That influences my, my number a little bit. So you actually just bumped your number up by one on this. Yeah. That's how big a difference this makes. All right, Drew, you ready for this? Okay. Over under Daniel Story inside backer Henderson State for two twenty five number of reps. Okay, nineteen and a half. Uh, and let me give you some tough. time to think. Let me give you some time that's to think. Tough. The reason why I went pretty high is uh, Daniel. I, you know, I was a kicker in college uh, for the okay. brand. We respect special teams and all that. Okay. Michael Turk, the punter at Arizona State, I think put up twenty three. Uh, at the combine this past year so we're all about big numbers that's why okay. i picked one pretty high now that may be disrespectful to put you under a punter i don't know but okay hey you know it, it, you know it's 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 a mentality thing you know i could you know i would meet the punter in the hole you know and i wouldn't be scared <laughs> drew we love inside backers don't we yes yes we do so, and so to, to answer your question sandy um based off of fortunately we're doing this via zoom so i can see his facial reaction i think it's i think it's under unfortunately i i gotta give him like probably 15 to 18 reps um and i mean i, I don't know i daniel was always a freak in the in the weight room but daniel am i right or am i wrong 
you know, he brought up the punter comment. I meant to, I should have covered my, you know, <laughs> covered my camera. You know, it was a little cheating, but mm -hmm. it was, it was 18. That's the most I ever did. Hey, I told you, Sandy, I don't know what it is. I, I'm always close to hitting it. Um, Drew, deadass, I was going to pick, I was going to do 18 and a half before Tough. the inside backer. So that was going to. I would have been really good at Vegas. Well, he, he, he was an outside linebacker at our high school, which is where we're going to talk about next. So it makes sense that you put him at 18 and a half. Um, but speaking of high school, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and dive into this. Uh, but we got it before we even start about high school, a little backstory about me and Daniel. Um, we used to hit heads in middle school back in the, the Northeast rivalry, if you want to call it that, because uh, we dominated both years. Um, there was a, I think it was a kickoff or something. I mean, we're it was a full, it was a pick. It was oh, an it was a pick. no. It was a what was it? I think it was an interception. I think it was, I think an, it was interception. an interception. And me and full speed, just pop, just knocking each other out, bro. Do, do you do you remember the whole thing? I remember the whole thing. I don't remember the whole thing. I know. I think we had picked it off, and we were running towards one of the end zones, obviously. And then whenever we had, uh, I had turned around and I saw you, and you were running full speed, bro. And, we just it was it was a collision. I'm over there. I think I think it was eighth grade. I think it was eighth grade. I think it was eighth grade. And too. we were playing at the high school, and someone mm -hmm. picked it off. And so I'm over there, in my little head, just fuck shit, <laughs> just saying curse words. I'm so mad that we just threw this interception. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm running, and then I see you. You're lead blocking. You're cheering. Oh cool. And then you turn, and we <laughs> kind of just like link eyes, mm -hmm. eye contact. We just boom blast yeah. each other. And from yeah. my recollection, we both fall, you know, so I. You know. Yes, it was not, there was no winner. It was just. Okay, perfect. Was, that's what I was, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> it was just, it was a single, just a big collision. I think there was like a, like an earthquake type, you know, hit the, hit the radar. Cause we were two big, big guys going at each other. Um, but then high school comes around. Uh, we're both as linebackers together. We get to go travel on the scout team. Um, but then the next year, you actually you actually got to start outside linebacker. I was moved to offense. But can you talk about what it was like um, to start for a, a Texas six A team at the at a varsity level? It was. I was kind of. I'm not gonna lie. I was pretty nervous the first couple games because I mean, so sophomore year, sophomore year, um, I got to technically suit out with varsity. I know you remember going to yeah. do the pregame meals. We would you know run up a check at Dickies. But, uh, no, so I was kind of, I was kind of familiar with like how everything went down on game day or whatever, but you know, I'd have a full belly and I knew I wasn't going to go in the game. So I was never nervous, but then yeah, when junior year came and like, I was the guy at outside backer, it was definitely, yep. definitely a little nerve wracking to say the least. Well, actually your first varsity game came the year before as a sophomore against Louisville on oh the last game of the year. But yeah, I will Coach, say this. Coach Shaw was there from Stanford. You know, he was coming to watch me play. You know. He <laughs> wasn't course. watching Solomon or nothing. No, of course. He heard, he heard Stowe's playing. Um, you, but, you remember uh, – you might not remember this, but my first play ever on varsity, mm -hmm. um, I have my eyes stuck in the backfield. Running back snipes me in the knees, <laughs> cuts me, takes me out. Boom, I bounce on the ground, get up running. I'm so hyped up, but I don't even know what was happening. <laughs> well, the funny thing was I, I unfortunately was dressed out in my in my sweats because I had hurt my ankle the week before. Mm -hmm. um, but me and Max were on the sideline because that was the outside linebacker trio that went to every game. We were living our best life seeing Daniel play finally some varsity ball. Um, 
So it, it, it was dope, man. It, it was awesome. Unfortunately, the next year we couldn't live out. I guess the the next group of guys, T-Bell came in, took my outside linebacker spot. I got moved to tight end. Um, but then we faced each other every day um, junior year, uh, which was not fun. Um, that was fun. You didn't like it? It, it was fun for you because you beat my ass every day. Um, so, but uh, no, you so had, you had a couple of days, I'm sure. I, I probably had a couple plays on a couple oh, days, okay, yeah. but majority of the time, Daniel was throwing me around like I was a rag doll. Um, I always liked whenever I pulled the opposite way from him so that I didn't have to hit him. I could go hit like an inside linebacker or even a D end. If that, you know, like, anybody, I, anybody, anybody else, but Dan <laughs> anyone else, but <laughs> Daniel. Um, so, but uh, what was it like to play at Cowboy stadium uh, when we played DeSoto, our junior playoff game? That was that was pretty hectic. I don't know if you remember this, but we were over there. And so they had their backup quarterback all year because um, I try, what was his name? I think his name was Tristan Wallace. Tristan I Wallace. I know his, his last name, name was nickname Wallace. Nickname was Boss. <laughs> nickname was Boss. And so I'm over there, you know, getting ready for whatever. And I think, I think we're in there for a drive. And then like the second drive, so all my, all the nerves are kind of gone. I'm like, okay, these guys are just, they're, they're people too. So I mean, you know, I can play. And so I just hear their whole sideline and their whole, the whole fans on their side just go crazy, start erupting. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why are they, why are they getting so hyped over there? Yeah. Look up. I see this demon of a quarterback <laughs> warming up, throwing the ball. Number five, he's about 6'3", 230, going to Oregon. Mm -hmm. I'm like, dear Lord. I'm like, this Oh, the, this, the, the game he comes back is against us. Sure, let's see what he does. But, but no, it was – that was – like, even getting there, getting there junior year, just, you know, looking up, just actually, like, being on the field in the Dallas Cowboys Stadium was crazy. You know, I was, we're actually blessed to get to do that. You know? Yeah. Not I mean, some schools in southeast Arkansas, you know, they get stoked to go play in the War Memorial. And I went in there and I was like, it's cool, it's cool, but you know, it's no, it's no Dallas Cowboys stadium. So of, of course. Yes. I, and I remember as, as going out there, preparing for the game, warming up, looking up and being absolutely blinded by every single light as I'm trying to catch a football. Uh, it's not fun. Um, but you actually, the next year you get moved to D end. Can you talk about what the transition was like moving from outside linebacker to a defensive end? It was, I mean, going from, so, I mean, at outside backer, I was, I was on the tight end a lot. So, it's not like it was too different because I would always – most of the time I'd have my hands on someone and I'd have someone right in my face, like, as soon as the play snapped. But, I mean, yeah, there was a little bit of a size difference moving from yeah. that sandbacker position a little bit over to the right. And, you know, I, I, I hated having my hand down. Mm -hmm. And so, I had literally – the biggest transition was just me trying to, like, was the anger anger management issues I had. Literally, I just I despised it. Every day at practice, I'd just be so mad. Just, you know, me against the world. I'm like, man, fuck this. So I was like, bro, this is terrible. And, um, but no, really just the biggest difference was just like the size of the guy in front of you. Because I remember when we played DeSoto in playoffs mm -hmm. our senior year, I had the guard in front of me because we played a 3-4. Mm -hmm. And I was 5'11", 205 yeah. pounds at <clears throat> 6A defensive lineman in a 3-4. Yeah. Like, it doesn't get any gnarlier than that. Yeah. So I'm over there. The dude in front of me, 6'6", 340, going somewhere. The guard, 6'5", 330, going to LSU. 
in the ESPN mm-hmm. top 300. I'm like, okay, this is going to be a rough one. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, when they would when they would run block, it was definitely a challenge trying to, you know. But, yeah, yes. the biggest difference is, you know, body size yeah. for the people in front of me. You know, they're a little slower, but, you know, they're definitely bigger, so. Well, when I'm, when I'm talking to Daniel, I, there's two, I guess you can call them formations, plays, whatever you want to call them, that always come to mind. Sophomore year, when you yep. heard the word thunder, I mean, <laughs> there was CTE. no – CTE. They should have just called it CTE the whole play. It, he, was, <sighs> he was the lead blocker, the fullback. And, I mean, our sideline would go nuts. We go offense would, And Daniel never touched the ball. But I Never. mean, oh my God, he like the he would clear lanes. I mean, he was the ultimate fullback if he was ever to play offense position. He would just clear people. He was so, a people so Sandy, mover. Sandy wasn't there, so he doesn't know. But so literally, the coaches they would they would hype me up. I didn't want to do this. Okay, <laughs> literally, like some some games we ran it like four times, and I'm like, they're like thunder, they're like thunder, yeah, and I'm just like. And I, I, you remember what helmet I had on? Yeah. <laughs> I had the Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning helmet on at linebacker, and I by the third or fourth time we ran the Thunder, I <laughs> was not there. I was not there mentally. And I don't know if you remember this, D. Smith, but they would have me run out there. I would put my hands on my hips, <laughs> and then, yeah, I would throw up the the bow and arrow, and they would be like. We would just be going crazy, and I'm like, dear Lord. So, like, the fourth time I had to go out there, I was like, I'm not trying to do this, but, you know. Yes. It, but, no, it was definitely hyped. It definitely got us, definitely got us, you know, up. Because it wasn't only used as our goal line package. It was used as our fourth and short package. Anytime it was short yardage, we'd, we'd, we'd bring it on. Um, but then the other one, I don't actually remember the name. I think it was something like Cyclone or something on defense your senior year when we would move almost to like a two D end and st- and Daniel would be able to stand up and move like outside Man, the D end in between. I can actually breathe again. I, I forget. <laughs> it was called like the – it might have been Cyclone or it was like the X-Men, X-Men yeah. package or something. And, so, you know, I'd get to stand up and all the, all the other D linemen were like, Man, why does Daniel get this package? Blah blah blah, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, you know. Yeah, no, I'm I like mean, the man. On offense, we would we would love to hear whenever we were doing something crazy because usually that meant you were blitzing. I think Jonathan was also blitzing. Like we'd bring mm-hmm. a lot of different things, and we got really creative because we were smaller on the defensive line, um, and so allowing us to do some different things. But you know, th- those are things I always got to bring up because I mean, Thunder was something I'll never forget. I can't wait. Thunder was crazy. I know you remember the next day. So the next day, Sandy, you weren't in there, but so on um I think we'd be watching it Friday since we played yeah. Thursday. Yeah, we'd so watch it Friday. Friday or something, the, the coaches would all make like a highlight tape for like the game before. And so, you know, they'd run through all the highlights and then you'd just see the screen kind of go black. And then it would just be like thunder. And then they would play the song and I was like, everyone would get hyped in the locker room, they'd play it. Yeah. Whoever I destroyed that game, but no, that was some good old, good, the good old days. Yeah, the good old JV days, my guy. But you move on to to Henderson State um, as well, and you moved to inside linebacker. Can you talk about your recruiting process? I mean, my recruiting process was kind of iffy. I mean, people would come in, coaches would come in, and they'd be like, "Get a get a list of guys," and then they'd see Daniel Story, five eleven. 205 defensive end they'd be like I don't I don't care about this whatever so you know I I feel like 
I'm a little biased, but I feel like I was a little overlooked. But so I remember the first the first team that came and talked to me at school was um, Fort Lewis, which is a school in Durango, Colorado. And there it was their defensive coordinator. He he seemed really interested in me. And I already had knew about Fort Lewis before that because, you know, I love I love snowboarding. And it was in Colorado. So I could get to play football and snowboard. What more could someone ask for? Mm-hmm. And so so from that point on, I was like, oh, I'm going to Fort Lewis. You know, I'm going to Fort Lewis. All these other NAI schools, D3, D2 schools would come and talk to me. And, you know, I wouldn't blow them off. But, you know, I just I wouldn't really be. I wouldn't really be paying attention. I wouldn't be interested. And I, that's, I wish I could go back and redo it, but you know, it's whatever you live and you learn. And so they would just, so like all the recruiting process, I didn't really go try and like go and fight for like actual offers or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, you kind of got to go, got to show them you're interested so they can show that. So they know that you're interested. Yeah. And so kind of would blow people off and not, not text people back. Cause I was like, I'm going to school in Colorado. I'm not, I can go mm-hmm. snowboard, whatever. And so it comes down down time to, you know, kind of figure out where I'm going to college and they are not replying to anything. They are not hitting me. I'm emailing them. I'm like, I'll walk on. I'm like something. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, literally just give me, give me the state. <laughs> and so, you know, that's, that stuff doesn't work out. And, you know, I don't really know where I'm going. All the, all the counselors at Coppell are talking about, Oh, wh- where are you going to college? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> stop asking. Mm-hmm. And so, um, See, so, yeah, I knew I knew Josh was going to Henderson State because he was already he was already on the scholarship and he signed. Yeah, so yeah, signing day comes around. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't mm-hmm. sign anywhere or anything. National signing day, whatever it's called, and um, and it gets all the way to the summertime, and I'm like, I have no idea what yeah. I'm doing. Like, am I even going to play football anymore? And so Josh sends me this thing that's like a summer like showcase. It's like unsigned senior showcase. So I'm like, whatever. I've been training with Bernard. I'm like, I'm in some of the best shape of my life. You know, I can mm-hmm. go show them what I got. So I go out there, run my 40, do this. They they put us through a rigorous workout, like mm-hmm. rigorous. And I'm like, I was like, this is kind of weird. But basically, they were just showing like who is a who's a demon and who's not going to quit on them. So, mm-hmm. and so at the end of that little thing, they're like, what what position do you play? And I'm like, dude, I'm like at this point, I don't care. Like I. I played linebacker. I'll play whatever. I was like, I just want to play football still. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, we can give you $500 right now. $500 right now if you just say you're going to sign, come. And so so that's how I got to Henderson State. Being from Arkansas, Daniel, we all know about Arkadelphia. And mm-hmm. uh, we were talking before the show that what I know about Arkadelphia is there isn't a lot to talk about with Arkadelphia. So I have, you know, I had some really good friends go to, uh, well, that other school in Arkadelphia that we'll get to in a little bit, obviously. Of, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, in Arkansas, so if you're not going to the University of Arkansas or Arkansas State, you know, the, the Great American Conference, which the it's the greatest conference in the America, not really, but, I mean, you yeah. know, they go to a lot of those schools in Arkansas, which, I mean, you would have played against a lot of them. Um, can you kind of talk about your initial impressions when you got to campus for the first time? It was It was definitely a culture shock. Some might say coming from Capo, Texas, from a little a little suburban bubble in North Dallas, mm-hmm. and then going to the city of Arkadelphia with five thousand people, you know, it's definitely definitely different. I the first time I pulled up, I was like, "Where's?" I was like, "Where's everything?" We we got on this one street, and then we're like, "All right, where's like the other parts of the city?" And then we find like the downtown, and we're like, "Oh, I guess I guess this is it." 
but you know, <laughs> but no, it was, you know, it, it grew on me, I guess you can say. I made the most out of it. You probably took a few left turns and ended up at a Washtenaw Baptist first, and then you, you ended up at Henderson. I, I don't did. know. It's... I was like, oh, this, this place is nice. This place is, you know, <laughs> the, the private school in town. This place is cool. You know, I like the colors, you know. And we know, oh, no, your school is across the street. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's something for sure. Um, From your experiences in the GAC, which is the worst place to play at? The worst? I mean, obviously, I would have to say, and it's not even, it's not even like their stadium's nasty or whatever. It, um, it just happens to be that it's like a eight or nine hour bus ride all the way to Ada, Oklahoma. And so, you know, any, any division one school, if it's over like four or five hours, they're, oh, we're getting on a plane, you know, first class, first class flights all the way to, they're going to drop us off damn near at the stadium. And, but that, yeah, that drive is, that drive is rough, especially after the game, you're all sore and then you have to sit in the bus for nine hours. I, I think it's, I think it's Northwestern though. So I'd say that's my least favorite place to play because we got to go travel all the way out there. I always like asking that question because I have a I have a good friend who went to Arkansas Tech and we just dump on the city of Russellville. We I yeah. mean it's it's like the yeah their fake water burger they have you know <laughs> <laughs> that's dude that's always the topic of discussion with any oh Texas gosh. kid who comes to Arkansas I'm talking I'm about tired of hearing that which dude, one came burger. first the water burger chain or Feltner's unfortunately the chain came first so we Arkansans cannot hang yeah, our hat on canceled. that one canceled but and then Man, you, so, someone told me they're like yeah we have water burger I'm like. Like, yeah, we just passed it. Like that was it right there. I was like, I was like, that's that's y'all's water burger. That's they're like, oh, okay. I was like, I don't want to hear that ever again. But okay. <laughs> that's all the Texas kids would talk about when they first get <laughs> on campus as freshmen. In fact, this past year we had some freshmen who. So we had a Friday walkthrough before the game on Saturday, and we had the walkthrough, and then we had a team meeting like a few hours after. It's a three-hour drive to Fayetteville. That's the only water burger in the state. We had these mm-hmm. freshmen who drove to Fayetteville and had to beat it back in time to get to the team meeting, but that's how desperate they were to get it. I mean, it's it's like a cult I've, almost. I would say that's crazy, but I have made that trip. <laughs> I mean, I made the trip to Fayetteville, not for the Whataburger, but I definitely had Whataburger. And then they're like, oh, there's a Torchies in Fayetteville too, so we got to make another trip or something like yeah, that. got to go get some queso. <laughs> Dude, that's the, that's the truth. So in the GAC, you also have uh, Arkansas Monticello – which is Monticello the Weevils. That's home to some of the worst mascots in the entire country for sure. Disgusting. And then you have Southern Arkansas, which is in Magnolia. I mean, that's in the middle the mule of mule riders. Exactly. Harding, which yeah. is as strict as the Washaw Baptist in terms of what you can and can't do. Like if you even look at a woman, I think that's like a fifty dollar fine probably. I think yeah, I think they fine you and just add it to your, you know, your uh, your tuition at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I'm for dead. sure but uh i tried to make we had uh, josh malumba on and he was talking about the gac schools too mm-hmm. but one thing we couldn't talk to him about as much is obu the battle of the ravine for the people who are listening who may not know is is one of the more unique rivalries probably in all of college football regardless of division uh i've even you know drew's had a, i've talked to him a little bit about it we've talked to some others about it just because of how cool it is, I, you know, like I said, I had some friends in high school who went and played on both sides. We'll get to some of those guys in a little bit. But, Drew, just a, another little thing about how close those stadiums are, the golf coach at OBU, I believe, was able to take his three iron, which, and he was able to hit it from Henderson Stadium to OBU Stadium. A three <laughs> iron, it's not like you're not yeah. really supposed to be able to do that. So that's how close they are 
Daniel, can you talk a little bit about that experience? And I, I'm going to let you take it. Can you ex like explain what game day is like and the traditions, what goes into it? Game day, it's honestly, it's honestly pretty cool. You know, I mean, we, so regardless if it's a home or away game, it's, it's a home game, mm -hmm. but it just really what that determines is who has to walk across the street. Mm -hmm. So, so we have like this thing called the ready walk where we, you know, walk from our locker, every, every home game, we walk from our locker room up to our like practice field or our game field past our practice field and whatnot. And, you know, everyone's cheering and whatnot, whole, all the fans are out, you know, the bands in there. But so now on, um, on game day for the ravine, they have state troopers everywhere. Every, cause like there's a big old state trooper headquarters somewhere in Southeast Arkansas, you know, so they just, you know, bus all of them, all of them mm -hmm. up, you know, and they block off the main street in Arkadelphia. And so, so yeah, there's like, there's like three streets in Arkadelphia. And so like the main one, people are probably people that despise football are like, fuck this. I can't even drive to go get Waffle House over there and blah, blah, blah. I got to drive 30 minutes on the highway. So, you know, I'm sure it, you know, bugs some people, but you know, they breathe football out there. So not mm -hmm. many. But so, yeah, they just, they blocked the street off and, you know, we were carrying all of our stuff and we, we literally walk from our stadium to the other stadium, which is pretty cool. I don't, I doubt many other schools. I mean, there might be one or two colleges on in America that do that, you know, that's pretty cool. But, um, I mean, that's, that's pretty it. I mean, other than that, it's just a normal game day. Other than that. I mean, I don't think it's just a normal game day whenever you're playing yeah. literally the school across your street. Yeah, people, um, we, people we party with, you know, and yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> well, it can get heated. Hold on, well, <laughs> party with what? The people at OBU, those people don't party. Whoa, I meant, I meant like, uh, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> but no, I mean, I'm, I'm sure some of them party, you know, I, I, a couple of <laughs> He's not trying to out anyone. He's not trying to out yeah, anyone. Yeah, you know, yeah. what, what I would say is this. There is a long-standing theory amongst the people who don't go to OBU. We, so many of them get married, like, as seniors. I'm going to be straight up on this the show. We swear that some of these people get married just so they can have sex. Like, go ahead and let's get it out of the way. I, I swear. So, we, so we, can, we can shut our door, you know, so we can shut our door in the dorm room and whatnot. I'm dead. But exactly. Yeah, it's forget, insane. They, they call it something – they call it something and like people are always saying it. I'm trying to think of it. I can't think of it, but yeah, that is pretty, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine being married right now. Well, the, the, the thing is I actually got recruited a little bit by Henderson state. Um, I, and I talked to Josh about this, how we were in a meeting. They're like, well, we don't care if you party. And they're like, you're more than likely going to find your wife, but she won't go to Henderson state. She'll go to the school across the street. Yeah, I remember and that. So that, I was, was gonna, that was coach Lesby. Yeah, so I was going to ask you, did you find your, your future wife at OBU or no? I did not. <laughs> so he I lied to not. us. That's all I got to say, Daniel. He lied to us. He, he's a liar. <laughs> and he got, he got fired like a year after we got there. So he, he was just lying, you know, fuck, he's, I don't care. I'm just going to lie to these kids, you know. I'm dead. But uh, something we usually like to ask, you know, we, we got ahead of ourselves with the OBU thing, but that, that's the biggest thing at Henderson State. Um, but what was your first fall experience like? I know you were redshirted, but still that first fall camp for any college athlete, no matter where <coughs> you go, is an eye-opener. Um, what was that experience like for yourself? Okay, I'm just going to say – Henderson football and I kind of left on bad terms so fuck them I don't really care what I say about them or anything but I mean so freshman year was a trip it was it was weird because okay so the first thing I remember when I get there you ready for this 
mm-hmm. our head coach. No, our not our head coach, our linebackers coach. I won't I won't say his name or whatever, but it's his okay. Fuck it. But um, never mind. I won't say his name. But this dude, he's a tweaker. He's a mm-hmm. tweaker. Oh my gosh, he's a tweaker. And so we, I pull up, and it's like a, a meeting or something. And so it's so unorganized. They're like, they're like, who are you? Like, what's your name? And I'm like, mm-hmm. Daniel Story. I'm like, y'all fucking gave me five hundred dollars to come here. I was like, I don't know who I am. So they didn't. They had no clue who I was. Whatever. So I, you know, have to knock a couple of people out just to get some pads. And then so, mm-hmm. so the one of the days. So apparently we were supposed to come to a meeting with our uh with our pads and stuff or something because mm-hmm. we were just gonna have our meeting and then go uh, and then so I, i'm looking around i'm the only one without my pads and then the, our this so our coach comes over and it's like hey uh hey man like where um where are your pads i was like oh i was i was just gonna have this meeting and then i was just gonna run back in and grab them real quick. they're like right over there he's like just get the fuck out of here and i'm just like oh shit i'm like this motherfucker's crazy and so that was my first um, experience with the coach. But so since I redshirted, that was just a little story. Since I redshirted, we, our coach was a tweaker. We did not, we didn't do anything. Like it was, it was weird. Like, like I would get to practice and like, so when we would, go, we would get there, we would stretch with our like linebackers coach and have like individual mm-hmm. drills. Our coach did not want to see us. Like he was like, get the, he was like, so just get the fuck out of my drill. You, you bunch of bunch of stupid motherfuckers. And we're just like, what? Okay, so we would literally like disperse. Like I would hide over here at this water cow. Mm-hmm. I would be over at the water cow just getting water while they're, and I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. I'm red shirting. Like, I don't, I don't know what you want me to do. Cause I just didn't really want to be next to the coach. He was a, we fired him pretty close after, but no, it was definitely weird because like we were young and just, they, they were worried about the seniors and like the mm-hmm. older people. We had a couple of all American linebackers so that like, they were not worried about us. It was just, it was kind of weird to me. And I was like, I was like, okay, if he's just going to be weird, I'm going to be weird. So, I mean, but no, I remember my first day of fall camp and Southeast Arkansas gets a little muggy. Mm-hmm. Some might say it's like Houston out there and I'm standing there and I'm a red shirt. So I literally, I, I, the, on the first day we did individual drills. That was like mm-hmm. a week after we started hiding from him. <laughs> so the first time so I, I warm up and I'm like, it's hot as shit out here. I'm like, okay. Then we go stretch. And literally by the time we're stretching, I'm, I'm done for, like I'm over with, I would not have been able to practice. Like I literally thought I was going to die. Like I was mm-hmm. just, I would wipe my sweat and literally like just sweat would start seeping out of my skin. And so I'm over there like trying to stand up, like I'm on a knee like standing up like and I can't breathe I'm like this is dead some of our like all-american players are like dropping they're just like dragging them to the ice like ice bath they throw them in the ice bath I'm like what the fuck is going on I'm like people are like dying like (laughs) these are starters dying and I'm over there just standing on the sideline I'm like I cannot do this I was literally I literally my mom was still there because like her and my little brother came up and like helped Mm -hmm. me move in and so I was like, mom, I was like, fuck this. I was like, I do not want to do this. I was like, this is not fun. And so, you know, I, I got through the second day and third day and you know, I went. The first day was the worst, for, mm-hmm. definitely. Daniel, when you said you had to knock a few guys out for your pads, was that like one of those tryouts that they do? It was, you know, they they gave everyone some punching. No, okay. I'm, I'm just, just <laughs> joking. But no, there was just, so the way at Henderson, like they let anyone walk on because – 
So the reason I do that is just because literally the fall camps are disgusting. Mm -hmm. Like the, the first fall camp I was there, I think 50 people like quit. 50 people, 50 walk-ons. <laughs> so they just let every kid that yeah. thinks they have a chance come out and, you know, they, cause that's basically just a practice team. It's just that much, that much bigger. So, you know, they always need practice guys. And so, yeah, it was like, there was some kids that did not get pads. And so I barely, I barely got some pads. So that's what I meant by knocking some kids out. Yeah. yeah it's a, for so many reasons. And it's kind of cool, Daniel, that you really don't care what you have to say about Henderson state. I'm not trying to knock, like, I don't want to make blanket statements about anybody, but to me, division two just seems like a freaking, almost like a scam almost man i, I hate the way it's, it's done it's crazy you're talking about the 500 dollars book scholarship that they pretty much offer like hey you have to say yes to this right now on this weekend like on your visit mm -hmm. and all this stuff it's such a freaking thing you hear about the stories about the tryouts that they run during fall camp like you're essentially bringing all these guys in and you're going to cut like 90 percent of them just to get these kids it's yep. a freaking they freaking job job them drew so i'm hoping that when you get to later parts in your coaching career you you stay out of that thick, whatever that mess is, man. I'm just not well, a big I mean, fan of it. Th there are some good D D2 schools. You know, we talked about them. Southeastern Oklahoma is doing it pretty good there. Um, you know, they're not bad, but there's definitely a lot worse than good when I think it comes to D2. But we also don't have firsthand experience of that like Daniel does, uh, I guess, when it comes to Henderson. But, Sandy, there's some guys that you know that you played with in high school um, or that just know from high school, even from, from Stone, um, I need you to ask Daniel about these guys. I want to, I want to hear about them. Yeah. So <laughs> amazingly, I will ask more about the guys who I played against. Um, one name I'll get out of the way real quick because Daniel really wouldn't know him. I played with a guy, uh, Gary Vines. He went on to play at Henderson state. He's, he left the program as one of the better defensive players of all time. I believe I don't, I, that's just from what I remember hearing about him in the paper and stuff. He was a very good player, very good basketball player as well. You hear about, there are some guys in the NBA who played in Arkansas. Gary Vines was a three-time state champion winner, like, consecutively. He shut all those guys down. Dude was a freaking hooper. He could play. Also, just from what I remember in high school, was a great guy, one of our captains. Phenomenal dude. So I just want to throw his name out there. I know he played when you were a redshirt, Daniel, so you probably don't have a lot of experience with him. Um, the, the other guys I played with pretty much all went to OBU. You probably hit him a few times. Um, one played center for OBU. He's still there. One of my better friends played left tackle for OBU. He was off and on. So you probably hit him, but I'm not going to ask you about him because their names, you probably wouldn't know them. Wait, um, hey, what, what was the center's name? Well, the What's center his? was Billy Bob, but Jacob Roberts. Um, I, I think I know Bob. Like, I was thinking of Bob whenever you when, – whenever I asked because I was, I was – I'm pretty sure I, I know the dude named Bob. He was a year younger than me. There was a tight end. We called him – oh, my gosh. His nickname was Turtle. He, he put some good numbers Turtle. there. Yeah, I, I know, right? And then the well, left I tackle. Knew, I definitely knew Bob. I definitely knew then Bob. the left tackle was Austin Blair. He's a good okay. friend of mine. But he was at ULM before that, before he transferred. He's a good guy. Um, but you played with Logan Moraney, who is the yeah. only – he's one of two guys who's ever taken a kickback on me in my career. He played for Little Rock Central, and there are big rivals in North Little Rock. Well, they used to be. They suck. But mm -hmm. he took a kickback. And you know, you had some experiences with Logan Moraney? I do. He's, he's a great dude. We – um. So he, he came in, and the way, the way our coaches get all these transfers in, because he transferred from Arkansas State. Arkansas State, yes. Arkansas State, and, I, and we knew he had, he had a great career at Arkansas State. He, was, he, was, he was, ran for 
I know he ran for over a thousand or some probably probably even more. But no, he's he's a he was an athlete, and the way our coaches would get people to to come, they'd be like, oh yeah, we have a free place for you to stay, we have a free place for you to stay, whatever. And so they the people that transferred in would get all like the perks. Mm-hmm. But little did they know that when they say free place to stay, they would have them stand in Newberry Hall, and anyone that went to Henderson ever knows about Newberry. It's just this eight this eight floor like a cesspool of bugs and just it's all it's an all guys dorm and it's and I was on the um my freshman year I was on the eighth floor and then um it was definitely the cheapest option so I I stayed because basically I lived with my friends sophomore year but sophomore year I had a room on the fifth floor and at the end of the at the end of the hall it was Logan's room and Logan I remember walking into his room one time you know I I didn't really have much in my room because, you know, I was never there. And so I go over, I go down the hall to Logan's room. He has a 60, 70 foot inch TV in there. It's like a damn movie theater. I said, I was like, this is where we're watching the games on Sunday. I was like, like, you didn't tell me you had this hidden gym over here in Newberry. But no, yeah, I I love Logan. Logan's a cool dude. So now I get chill guy. He was, that's why I heard because I had some friends play at Little Rock Central now um we have a third guy on the show stone paul he played at benton he's now coaching at hendry <laughs> he's got a few guys that i want to ask about because he'll be buzzing to hear what you have to say about him um you're you're a really positive guy cool vibes and all that so i'm going to start with the bad news first and then we'll get to the good news so okay. i gotta ask you about this one particular player drew harris out of benton he went to obu and you know him because of what he did to y'all one game i, I did know of him Luckily, that game happened my – I'm pretty sure it was my sophomore year, so I wasn't playing. I had an injury. I was injured that year, and so I wasn't on the field to get torched personally. But as a team, we definitely we definitely felt his wrath that day. But it was, it was weird. I don't know what he had for breakfast that morning, but <laughs> he, he was on some other shit that day. Literally, any time he touched the ball, it was to the crib. He, he took, like, a slant to the crib. So he faded someone up to the crib. And, uh, yeah, I think he, think he scored, like, six touchdowns. He was all front page of the Arkadelphia newspaper. You don't have to do much to get on the front page <laughs> of that shit. But, you know, he, he definitely earned that one for that day. I mean, six touchdowns in the Battle of the Ravine will get you, It'll I mean, you. in pretty good status yeah. at OBU for sure. Um, yeah. And then – uh, quarterback for Benton, well, and Drew Harris was a legend in high school too. I mean, putting six touchdowns in Mal Ravine elevates you just a little bit. But mm-hmm. Case and Merton's played quarterback at Henderson State from Benton, and you seem to have better memories of Case than you do Drew. I do. Case and he, so he came in, I think he, he went to school first at Arkansas Tech and then played quarterback at Arkansas Tech. And then he went to, he transferred out. He thought he was done with football, pretty sure, and then telling this man's business, but whatever. <laughs> he, and then he went to Conway and then just went to school. And then he came back to Henderson State because he wanted to play quarterback. And, you know, the first time I met Kaysen, this dude, he's the opposite of Logan Morang. Let's just say that. This dude <laughs> is crazy. I love Kaysen. He's a lot like me. And um, But, no, yeah, Kaysen, Kaysen lived with a bunch of my friends um, at a house around um, in, in, the, in Arkadelphia. And we literally – we were with each other all the time. Mm-hmm. I hung out with Casey literally probably every weekend, multiple times a week. 
Kaysen is one of my good friends. <laughs> All right, Daniel, I got to ask uh, about the OBU, the OBU kids, because I've only heard that they're super strict. Um, they have to follow certain policies, blah, blah, blah. But when I talk to Henderson people, I've heard stories. All I hear about is how they party and do these things. What are the OBU kids like? Are they, are they like what their, I guess, their image is? I mean, the, some of them, so I would say, I'm, I'm not going to say, a, I'm not going to make up a statistic over here, but you know, I'm, I'm saying I'm sure a lot of them, I'm sure love the, you know, the values of the school and are all about rules and, you know, just, they, they like to, you know, live by the rules of their school, but you know, the other, the other half of the people, yeah, they're, it, they're just, they're college kids, you know, they yeah. just, they just got, you know, happen to go to the private school that has some, a little more rules than us. So, you know, they, they're, they're college kids at the end of the day. So, you know, they just, it just makes it a little, it just makes it that much harder for them to be crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I, I see, I've seen, yeah, I, I have some friends from OBU and mm -hmm. yeah, they party just as hard as us public school kids. We just have to, they just have to, you know, try a little harder to stay under the, the radar. Well, well, let me ask you this. Whose parties were better, Henderson State or OBU parties? Um, I don't know. It it depended. It depended. I I enjoyed our parties more because you know I knew it was it was my homies or something throwing mm. the party, so I would always be there just having a little more fun. And when I was over there, I felt like I was kind of you know just they'd be like, "Who's this fucking public school guy over here?" And I'm like, "Okay, fuck you. We can fight." And over there, if, if we really have to fight, but, but no, I, I would say I'll give it to us. I'll give it to us. You know, they had some fun parties. You know. Let me, t let me put it to you this way, Drew. They have Greek life at Henderson state. Now OBU likes to say they have Greek life, but they don't call them fraternities. They call them social clubs. I'm pretty sure they call yep. them social clubs. Social Any clubs. school sure that social. calls themselves a social club, but pretends to be a fraternity, man, get the get out of here with that nonsense dude i i just like to expose obu i feel like henderson state gets a lot of hate because obu can can carry this torch listen daniel the one thing i like to do is be honest like i mean i go to church i'm a christian and all this but i i hate this this jacking it up approach when people like just why i don't know this thing i might probably might have to cut this thing out of the podcast but <laughs> i just like to expose some of the stuff that goes on at obu and i'm sure maybe this stuff happens at harding too man just oh I'm, I'm sure it does. You know, we're college kids. It just, yeah. they got to be a little smarter about it. It does. But uh, I have some, I've had some good friends go to OBU. They're great people. And they actually do live up to the ideals of what that university would like <laughs> to have all their students be. So, you know, shout out to all them. Uh, Drew, I think it's time to move away from college because, you know, Daniel's the DFW guy, Capel guy like you. Um, and a lot of the guys we talk to are Cowboys fans. Now, Drew's one of the exceptions. And um, the Cowboys have a great year this year. Now, one thing, Drew, I got to clap back at you. Because, well, Daniel was talking about War Memorial Stadium. That's where I played my senior year because our home scene was being rented. We actually tore it down and built a new one. So we played at War Memorial. That's where we hold our state championships. It's in Little Rock. The Razorbacks used to they play a game there every year they try to for the people at home in Texas who don't know what War Memorial Stadium is. Um, let me just say, Drew, you like to talk about Cowboy Stadium a lot. You should be more respectful of Arkansas because someone from my – City, my hometown, an alumni just like me of North Rock High School built that damn stadium. So be a little more respectful to Arkansas, okay? Hey, I I personally don't like Cowboy Stadium because of how big the TV is. 
So if we're being honest, I don't care. I just think it's a cool place to play. Hot, so you, hot take. That's a hot take. It is. Now, I would say, though, you know, when Cowboy Stadium was first built, I mean, it's like, oh, my gosh, there's nothing else like this in the country. Now, you could be more old school and say, I still like Lambo more than AT&T, which I'm one of those guys, but I like AT&T. But now you have the uh, – SoFi, SoFi, yeah, SoFi Stadium in, in Los Angeles being built, which is so nice. Two teams want to play in it. And then you have mm. the uh, new stadium in Las Vegas. I mean – it's kind of like AT&T is up against it now with some of these stadiums. So, but It was it the is, first of its kind, though, for sure. It is really nice. So, anyone who listens to the show know Drew's, Drew hates the Cowboys with a passion, which sucks because he's in the middle of Cowboys country. Uh, Daniel, I'm wearing my Patriots hat right now. Uh, I'm not going to get my usual spiel, but I, I think I have a legitimate reason to be a Patriots guy. However, growing up in Arkansas on Sundays – Cowboys games are always on the radio on Sundays. We are this is Cowboys territory, so I'm like it's like a split household, but the household's my heart because I do like the Cowboys in that regard too. It's what I was used to growing up. That's who all my friends like in Arkansas. So I have an I have an affection for the Cowboys like you would. Can you kind of talk about your experiences as a Cowboys fan growing up? Um, here's a fun little story. The so back whenever we had our old stadium, and I forget where it was, but it wasn't in Arlington. Mm-hmm. And so I was a little kid and my dad had free tickets to a game. And I don't remember, um, I might've been in my mom's belly. Like, I don't remember what year this was exactly, but I just know I was there in some form, mm-hmm. in some form. But I was there the game that Terrell Owens thought he was the owner of the Dallas Cowboys and did some some dumb shit, the disrespect shit that, you know, that we won't talk about. But, you know, I was there. As a fun little fact, I was there for that game. So it goes back years. So I'm, I'm a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. You know, I've well, been here through Tony Rumbo fucking eating the popcorn, slipping up and fucking up the playoff game for us. You know, I've been here for it all, you know, and I'm, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, but, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll get a, a ship in the next couple of years. So. Where, where do you stand maybe, right maybe now with this expectations? Year. Maybe this year. On yeah. this year? Yeah. So On you probably year? have high expectations. I have very high expectations, but we just need to get our little makeshift offensive line. We need to get them. We need to get them together. Hopefully, um, Tyron. Hopefully, Tyron will come back. You know, with his neck, and then hopefully, hopefully, Joe Looney will pull it together, and hopefully, just you know, our makeshift center and our new starting right tackle Zach Martin. You know, hopefully, you know, they can just start clicking if they're doing good, and our DBs start practicing with tennis balls in their hands so they don't fucking grab everything that they look at, you know, maybe, you know, cause it's just us versus the refs. I feel like every week and that's, I hate it so much, but you know, yesterday my, my heart was beating on that fourth down Seattle did. And I was just like, why, why, why even beat? you know, what's going to happen at this at, yesterday. I was like, DK might've just might as well have just scored the first one. So we didn't have any of this false fucking hope. But, you know, yeah, I'm over here getting heated, man. But, you know, I'm, I'm a big Cowboys fan. It's tough. Y'all got screwed on that uh, pass interference they called with Greg Olson in the end zone. That was over his head, in my opinion. It shouldn't have been and called. We got screwed against the Rams, that fake pass interference on Jalen Ramsey. That was bad. Man, but, you know, it's whatever. We'll, we'll shake back. I'm not Drew, worried. I'll let you respond in a minute, Drew, because I know you're itching to. Um, I agree with you, Daniel. The defense is the problem on that team. Dak Prescott's putting up great numbers. Mm-hmm. But – Seem like you guys are looking pretty good at left guard, right? We are, you know. And, you know, I like to take a little credit in that because, you know, we used to practice with them. So, you know, we 
you know, we helped him, you know, grind and we, I trained with him at Bernard's, you know, I like to take a little, um, I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. I, I have nothing to do with that, but yeah, I'm that when that, whenever he got drafted to the Cowboys, our, our homie Connor Williams, when he got drafted, that gave me goosebumps, you know, and it was like, it's kind of real to me that like people can actually, you know, people we know are actually on the Dallas Cowboys, which is pretty insane. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's even crazier that it's about, you know, or he's playing in uh, the city that, you know, we live in. So it's, mm-hmm. it's cool to kind of watch. I mean, he's like a backyard team. Um, but I'm, I'm going to give you some, some cowboy hate here. Uh, or let me ask you this question. Is Dak worth 40 plus million a year? Would you sign him for that contract? <clears throat> if I'm going off these fantasy numbers that he's been putting up week in and week out yet, give him give him the money you know i mean would i would i would i like to sign him for 30 million i'm yes but you know if i i say pay the man you know who who else it was it was him versus the fucking world yesterday so why not pay him i'm I'm here for it he's a good dude my my whole thing with with paying him and and why he's putting up these numbers is because cowboys do suck um defensively for sure he's having to throw the ball and as you mentioned, the O-line's not the full O-line that we're used to. So Zeke's having a little bit of trouble running the ball. Um, you know, obviously you're missing out both tackles. You got a whole new starting center. Um, Zach Martin's the the longest guy on that team, or he's been there on that team the longest. And then Connor Williams was hurt last year, and, and now he's back. He's having a really good year, though, and it's really exciting to watch him play. We played yeah. against the Rams. He was really holding his own against Aaron Donald and that team. Um, but – He's putting up these numbers because he has to, because he's down by 20 points in this halfway through the first quarter for turnovers, whatever you want to call it. doesn't matter. Cowboys will not win a championship, Daniel, in the next like, five, 10 years. I think they need to move on. They need to, to try to move on from this. Now, it's tough because he is young and whatnot, but it's just me being real. It's not even hate. It's just me being a realist guy, and I, you can't pay someone that much and have that bad of a defense. I mean, you see the Chiefs, they paid – Patty Mahone's a fat contract, but they mm-hmm. still got a really good defense, and they're they're giving those guys some money. So it it works on both ends, and I think the Cowboys just think, oh, we need to have a really good offense. So it's just me being real. You know, you you guys are right now second in the division to a team called the Football Team. It's just my thing. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens whenever you know we play those bums over there. That's see that that's also the other thing we. We can lose. We can lose to anyone, and we can win our division. So I'm not. I'm not worried. Our division is hot ass. The, so. the NFC East. I've said it for weeks now. Is the worst division in the NFL. It's officially taking it from my team's division, AFC South, um, because we used to always be boo boo, and had one good team. Now it's the NFC East is the most boo boo division with four bad teams, um, in my opinion, and just one of them actually sneaks into playoffs. But there's another guy, Solomon Thomas, we had talked about before. He was playing on Sundays. Unfortunately, he just got hurt uh, this year or a week ago, uh, so we can't see him play for the rest of this year. Um, but you were talking about how he used to go in powerlifting um, meets with him. You got close with him. What's it like? What's Solomon like off the field? Man, Solomon is a trip. Solomon is a trip, definitely. So I remember um, back in the day, it was sophomore year, so I kind of I kind of suited out with varsity, and I I don't know if you remember this, but I would I would go and practice over on that side of the the field, you know, it, it was just to like get closer with the older guys and just, you know, they're just, you know, iron sharp and iron, you know, there's some big old dudes that could teach me a lot. And so I would practice over there. So I got really close with, um, 
our senior our senior linebacker Collins Okacha and so I would literally just be I would just be following I wouldn't be I wouldn't be following Collins around or nothing I'm like he's my older brother or something but me, me and him were pretty close and he was my friend and um also Max Johnson his older brother Nick and so so me Max Nick and Collins we'd always be hanging out Coleman, Collins would drag me over to Solomon's house and Solomon was over there just manhandling all Big Bill. You remember Big Big Bill? This dude's yes, like 6'3", 330 pounds. Solomon would be over there just manhandling him, throwing him on the ground. But no, Solomon's, Solomon's just like a big kid I'm, I'm, uh, mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah, he, was, he was a really cool dude. Well, actually, to, to speak upon – so because we're, we were JV guys, we were scout team for varsity. First couple weeks, you were down there scouting with us, and it was, it was awesome. I was loving it. I was having my best life because you would do all the sandbacker stuff, so you'd be on the tight ends mm-hmm. and whatnot. Well, whenever you moved and started practicing with varsity like halfway through the year, um, it was either me or Max to do that. They made me become the sand linebacker, and I was having to go against Connor every day. I was having to go against Bill every day. And I was like, God damn you, Daniel. Like, dude. I was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, come on, bro. Can you just come down here and just just take these? Because, like, I would do that. And then Max, I'd look over at Max. And, like, we'd go off at Max. It's like, bro, my head hurts. Can you take Max, some please Sam please go with Sam. He'd be like, no. <laughs> He'd be like, no. But, no, <laughs> that's, that's what I was about to say. Before um, before we, we had to start going against each other, I remember one practice. It was, like, spring ball or something. We had – this is when Connor Williams played t- tight end. So Connor played tight end. This is when he was a little smaller. So Connor played tight end. And I don't know if you remember um, a dude named Blake, uh, Blake Mahone. Blake Mahone, yep. Blake Mahone. So he, 6'5", who knows how much he weighed. He went to mm-hmm. Baylor. And then we have a future third-round draft pick. And they would literally be tight end and tight end. And I'd have to put my hands on Connor extend on Connor while the Baylor commit was on my right shoulder. And I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? I'm like, and this was literally like a whole spring ball. So I feel you. I feel you over there going against those big motherfuckers. Yeah. It, it was not, no, fun. you know, it made us better. So yeah, no, for sure. It made going against it made the JV games like 10 times easier. Cause I was so easy. <laughs> I was oh throwing God. those kids around, but um, I got to ask you this. Cause I've seen it on Twitter <laughs> and I, I, I knew you before. Um, you're, you're the, you're the, the scooter God. Um, what, what, what did that stem from? You're over here doing tricks, doing flips. How did you become so good with the scooter? Dude. So, I mean, so I've always, I've always been a little daredevil. I guess you might say a little crazy little kid. So, I mean, this, this goes back the whole me doing flips and stuff. I learned how to do a backflip off like a six foot sign when I was a little kid. So, you know, I just, (laughs) And as I got more athletic, I just, you know, start like lowering the bar. And, and then eventually now I can just do flips wherever. I just mm-hmm. learned to flip. I don't know if you've seen that. So I can <laughs> I do a front it. flip standing on the ground. That's, that's my biggest accomplishment thus far. But no, the scooter, the scooter thing. So we're in Arkadelphia, nothing mm-hmm. to do. And the school thinks it's a good idea to, to bring, the sco- bring these, like basically a bird scooter. Mm-hmm. basically a spur like a bird or a lime but for us it's called a spin scooter and so these spin scooters were were lightweight they weren't mm-hmm. like the bird scooters they you know you could actually you could actually move on them mm-hmm. and so we got to a point where i was literally just okay i don't i'm not gonna say any names but let me just say one of my friends 
was needed a job. So he started working for the scooter company. Mm-hmm. So in the mornings he would go set the scooters out and then at night he would pick them up and, um, and, uh, he would, he would charge them. And so he would just, you know, that's how he got paid. Mm-hmm. And so he, he had an app on his, um, phone that would, uh, that would like scan the scooters. Mm-hmm. No, this is, this is bringing back some memories, some good times. And so he would just, he would be able to scan the scooters and unlock them. And so since he worked for him, like it was like, so he could like push them easier. And so we could load them easier, but it got to a point where I would be like Bowen. I'd be like, come on. I was like, let's go ride the scooters. And so he would literally scan like me and all the homies. He would scan like four or five scooters mm-hmm. and then we'd ride it till it was dead. Like we would, we would ride it everywhere. The Walmart was like two miles away. We would ride to the Walmart. We would just be mobbing around town. And so like in the system, it uh in the system we're only supposed to go like a certain radius around campus mm-hmm. and then whenever you scan it with the app you could literally go anywhere <laughs> and so at this point i'm like you know and I, I skateboarded back in the day so you know i started just started jumping the stair sets around campus people were like what the heck you just jumped that stair set and so i worked my i worked my way all the way up to a nine stair we went all around we went all around campus mm-hmm. and then and at this little elementary school there was just this huge stair set and I was over there one day, I was like, I'm gonna jump this. They're like, bullshit, like, you're not gonna jump this. And one day we were hanging with this other guy that was like pretty good at riding the scooters. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, I think I could jump that too. And I was like, fuck, I was like, fuck, no, you can't. I was like, I'm jumping this shit right now. <laughs> and so I go over there, get some speed, just, <clears throat> but that's, that's the video you've seen on Twitter of me jumping yeah. the, the nine stay on the scooter, but yeah. You know. And when we release this, I will definitely, I'll definitely take that video and I'll put it on ours because it, it, it was it was a big jump, dude. It's, it it's no huge. joke. Now and I'm, I'm, I'm what two hundred and five pounds flying <laughs> ten feet down. This, those scooters are sturdy, and mm-hmm. I've, I've snapped my fair share. Oh, okay, I snapped one of them one mm-hmm. time and ate shit. I jumped off like a six there, and like the the problem with it was like there was like a gap, like probably three mm-hmm. or four feet that I had to go further. So mm-hmm. like I really had to huck it because I would have like ran into the curb. Yeah, and I just completely destroyed a scooter, land on the ground, I'm rolling in the dirt. No, I, yeah, good times in the Delph with the scooter. And literally, so at the end of it, we would literally, we would ride it every day. Mm-hmm. We would ride it literally every day. At all points in time, I had a scooter and I would like hide it around campus. <laughs> I would go in class, leave, and I'd get the scooter. And it got to a point where we rode it free for so much. We get an email from the school talking about, you know, we haven't been making the money. <laughs> We thought we would from the scooters. Yeah. We're sadly taking them away. And I'm over here like this, just like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do? I was literally out in the sun, one? just, you know, riding, tearing shit up in OBU's campus, you know, riding around. But now, yeah, the sco- when the scooters were in the Delft, it was a, it was a great time. It was a great time. <laughs> Well, you know, skateboarding, scootering, uh, like you said, you, you, you ate some shit every once in a while. Uh, have you broken any bones or maybe had some, some uh, I know those, those scooters to shins hurt. Have you ever had any injuries while doing any tricks? On the, on the electric scooters, I didn't have any serious injuries. I definitely, um, I definitely, one time I jumped this stair set and I couldn't turn in time and there's just like a brick pillar. And I, boom, run into the brick pillar with my forearm because I didn't want to hit my face on it. So I, like, hit my arm on it, slice my arm up. I've sliced my hands up, sliced my knees up. But I, ne- I never really broke a bone or anything riding, like, the electric scooters. But Gotcha. But we now, definitely had our fair share of tumbles on the scooters. <laughs> Obviously, you, you got to. Now, yeah. we like to end um, with some kind of funny questions here. Uh, okay. I'll ask you three questions. The first one 
uh, this is like Sandy's kind of question here. Uh, would you rather be able to run at a hundred miles per hour or fly at 20 miles per hour? Ooh, 20. So I could get to Dallas. I could get to downtown Dallas flying in 20 minutes or I could, Oh, running at hundred miles. Oh, I might have to run. Right. It's that, either that running makes sense. It's running at running at hundred miles per hour or you get a fly at 20 miles per hour. But, but so what's my stamina? Like, do I run like fucking it, it's it, for 10 minutes and then I'm over with. So I only get no. 10 miles. Stamina is out of the question for either. Stamina is <laughs> out of the question. I'm going to have to say, cause I mean, my one superpower would obviously be to fly, mm-hmm. but at 20 miles per hour, I'm trying to hyperspeed. I'm trying to rock it. If I'm flying, I might have to do the running, honestly. But you got so so. Here's the thing. So Sandy, he'll 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 text me. He he said you would fly, because um, that's just what his from what he got from our interview. Mm-hmm. Now, the the whole thing is we asked our first person we asked this was Solomon Wise. He said to fly, um, <clears throat> and the thing is with flying, like there's no there's no you know sidewalks, there's no crosswalks. You might be able to run at 100 miles per hour, but you still have to obey the laws and stuff like that. Does that make sense? Oh, so now flying, I mean, if, that's the, if that's the case, I thought I was just like dash, like in the middle nah. of just, just, you know, flying around. But I mean, if that's the case, I don't really think about all the traffic laws. But if I'm flying, would I have to obey like the aviation laws, like and shit? Would I can I mean, fly in the airport? I mean, technically, technically, if you if you've seen those drug movies where they if you fly low enough, like they can't they can't get you on the radars, you know what I'm okay. saying? So, but I I mean, technically, if you if you want to take the risk of running a stop sign, or or like a a, a light that has that shown the hand so you can't cross, you, you can take it. But there's cars coming. It's just you know you're going 100 miles per hour. I mean, yeah, I really didn't think about all the, you know, the stipulations behind it. So you know, but I might. I might do the flying. You know, everyone loves a good view. I might, I might do the flying. Daniel, the reason why I asked that question really, and, and it's <laughs> tough with athletes, which well, the reason why I asked this question to athletes is I want to find out who's practical and who's not. Like, so the thing with athletes is if they're able to run a hundred miles per hour, they're going to want, if you have to decide between the two, they're going to take the running. Cause it's like, Oh, I'm going to dominate on the football field. or I'm going to dominate running mm-hmm. the base path, et cetera. But I, th- I think about the people who are kind of like a little different, who think outside the box, who like have more of a free spirit. That's why I said flying for you, because I was thinking, you know, everyone can run and people can run fast. Now they can't run a hundred miles per hour, but no one can fly. Like you mm-hmm. cannot fly. You're the only one who can fly. Mm-hmm. It used to be run a hundred miles per hour or fly 10 miles per hour, but the 10 turned people off. It's like, well, I can fly, but I can't fly fast. So I raised it to 20. With your answer now, because I was I was sure I was sure you were gonna say flying. I'm probably gonna have to raise it to 50. I don't care as much about the logistics of everything, about the road, you know, mm-hmm. following the rules on the road. Uh, Drew brings in rules of aviation. I don't really consider that as part of the question. It's more if are you practical or are you kind of different. So that's the reason why I asked that, and that's why okay. I said fly for you. But I, I totally get the thing. And with you Dallas kids who especially go and play in a different state you're always trying to get home. Right. So I didn't think about that part about running fast. So, but you've inspired me to make another change to this rule. So next time for the next person, it's going to be 150. Okay. Okay. Well, so that's, so that's, I mean, the, that's the story rule. Okay. There perfect. you go. Okay. Yeah. I, so yeah. now. Tag <laughs> me every time. Yeah. <laughs> so, so now, now it gets a little controversial here. Okay. Um, I like controversial. It, this is a total, totally hypothetical situation. 
Um, if you, one of your coaches doesn't have to be the head coach, can be any coach had a daughter that was around your age. Um, is she off limits to date? You said one of my coaches, one of your coaches can be any coach. I mean, it's, it's situational. Like, like coach, like a coach I enjoyed, like a coach Cheryl or like a coach lemons. I no, that's completely off limits, mm-hmm. but any, okay. I wouldn't <laughs> say any, but nine out of 10 coaches at Henderson. <laughs> she's for the streets. She's for the she's for the she's for the gang. I don't <laughs> care. Fuck them. Fuck Dude. them, bro. Oh my okay. gosh. Oh, she's I, fair game. <laughs> she's fair game. She's fair. Hey, you you take it how you want to. You take it how yeah. you want to. And let me ask you this. Um, same situation, hypothetical. Obviously, no no particular teammate. Our teammate sisters off limits to date. I mean, I mean, if you, okay, sound like a piece of shit, but I mean, if you're going to respectfully date someone's sister, I I don't see anything wrong with it. If you're going to treat someone, if you're going to treat a woman how they're supposed to be treated, sure, go for it. I I would let someone date my sister if they were a good dude Mm -hmm. and and whatnot. But I mean, if you're just going to fucking disrespect, (laughs) I don't think you just... (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you're yeah, I would not, I would not want to, you know, just go hit and quit one of my freaking teammates' sisters <laughs> and just disrespect her. Well, I mean, and, and like you got to think about it. Like the reason why we ask football players, is, mm-hmm. especially, is is we know what goes on in the locker room. We hear yeah. what we talk yeah. about. Um, yeah. But I mean, and, and, and you're right. And I, I always say this: I would n- never touch a middle linebacker safety's sister. Because I play tight end, I run a lot of routes over the middle. That's a, that's a one. Mm-hmm. That's a hit list right yeah, there. That's, that's a great you asking word. for something. Yeah. It's just me. So like, it's off limits. It's 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 situational, like you like you said. Um, but no, I it, funny answer. No, seriously, that, that a lot of times everyone's just like, no, no, no. You know, they're awkwardly saying no. It it it's some thought. You know, you got to give it a little thought here yeah. and there. But yeah. uh, that's all the time we have today, Daniel, my friend. Um, yeah. We had a blast talking to you, dude. It, it it was definitely a fun interview. Um, for sure, you know, hanging out and just and just chilling. Mm-hmm. It was good talking to you, bro. It was good meeting you too, Sandy. And that'll do it for her interview with Daniel Story. That was a blast. That was my first time getting to meet Daniel. Drew and him have obviously known each other for quite some time. This was my first time getting to talk to him. And gosh, I mean, what a guy, what a hoot. Like I said, he's open, honest, et cetera, and definitely shined a light on what life is like in Division Two. I personally have a grudge with a little bit of the happenings in Division Two, which you heard a little bit of that today. He's so open. He actually got me out of my cage talking a little bit. We had to cut a little bit of the stuff, so that's fun. Maybe I'll get into my rant sometime else on our regular podcast. But one thing we didn't get into in the interview is that Daniel's actually got his own apparel line, D-Stowe & Co. That's D-S-T-O-E & Co. The sad part is he was actually wearing one of his shirts during the interview you couldn't really see it because of the camera angle and stuff. I wish we're going to get some pictures out when we release this and we'll put it on the Twitter because he's got some great stuff, man. So drew for the people at home, where can they find this stuff? Yeah, actually, if you go to his Instagram and look up D Stowe and co, um, 
you can find it. That's where he posts a lot of his stuff, his videos, some pictures of his friends wearing it. One of his, one of the best shirts I've actually seen, and it's also a hoodie, is his mugshot from him uh, that's put on the, the actual shirt. So go check it out for sure because, you know, it, it, it's really good stuff. Um, uh, but if you guys want to listen to more college interviews like you, like you just heard, go to Apple Spotify or anywhere else you guys find your podcast and look us up at Splitting Uprights, or you guys can go to Twitter and TikTok and look us up at, at Splitting Ups. And just a quick note for those of you who made it this far in the episode, by the time this episode will have dropped, we will have actually started a new segment in this realm of the podcast where we were talking to other people in other sports. In particular, we want to show we're not biased towards males. We're moving to female athletics as well. By the time this episode drops, we should have quite a few interviews with collegiate volleyball players, uh, graduated collegiate volleyball players, collegiate soccer players, et cetera. So definitely go and check those out. They should be labeled, marked, but definitely check those out. And to end the show, I got to say this, Drew, we spent a lot of time talking about water dong energy to make your hoodie, to make your very own hoodie and put your very own mugshot on that is the epitome of water dong energy. Also, shout out to Stephen Gustavski going six for six yesterday. That's water dong energy. But putting your own mugshot on your very own hoodie is peak water dong energy. Shout out to Daniel Story. Let's get out of here. I killed the game like Jeffrey Dahmer did the 80s. Speeding down the freeway, getting head in my Mercedes. Giving me all of this money was crazy. Should have known better. No pressure. Dope seller, smarter than your professor Hoes, I don't stress her Put a bitch down like old yeller The flow stellar Stella, Ella, Ola, have you ever been? Shit, I probably could've yeah. been the president Riding through the city, blowing smoke out the window Cops on patrol, they looking out for all the criminals I've been a lot of things, but I ain't never been the bitch though And rules to the game, you know how the shit go Get money for the system, break the law Break the law, break the law.